Letter thirty seven, part one of Pamela, volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pamela, volume two by Samuel Richardson. Letter thirty seven, part one. My dear friend, I now proceed with my journal, which I had brought down to Thursday night, Friday. The two ladies resolving, as they said, to inspect all my proceedings, insisted upon it that I would take them with me in my benevolent round, as they, after we returned, would call it which I generally take once a week among my poor and sick neighbors, and finding I could not get off, I set out with them, my lady countess proposing Mrs. Worden to fill up the fourth place in the coach. We talked all the way of charity and the excellence of that duty, and my lady Davers took notice of the text that it would hide a multitude of faults. The countess said she had once a much better opinion of herself than she found she had reason for within these few days past. And indeed, Mrs. B., said she, when I get home, I shall make a good many people the better for your example. And so said Lady Davers, which gave me no small inward pleasure, and I acknowledged in suitable terms the honor they both did me the coach set us down by the side of a large common about five miles distant from our house and we alighted and walked a little way choosing not to have the coach come nearer that we might be taken as little notice of as possible and they entered with me into two mean cots with great condescension and goodness one belonging to a poor widow and five children who had been all down in agues and fevers the other to a man and his wife bedrid with age and infirmities, and two honest daughters, one a widow with two children, the other married to an husbandman, who had also been ill, but now by comfortable cordials and good physic were pretty well to what they had been. The two ladies were well pleased with my demeanour to the good folks, to whom I said that as I should go so soon to London I was willing to see them before I went, to wish them better and better, and to tell them that I should leave orders with Mrs. Jervis concerning them, to whom they must make known their wants, and that Mr. Barrow would take care of them, I was sure, and do all that was in the power of physic for the restoration of their healths. Now you must know, miss, that I am not so good as the old ladies of former days who used to distill cordial waters and prepare medicines and dispense them themselves. I knew if I were so inclined, my dear Mr. B. would not have been pleased with it, because in the approbation he has kindly given to my present method, he has twice or thrice praised me that I don't carry my charity to extremes and make his house a dispensatory. I would not, therefore, by aiming at doing too much, lose the opportunity of doing any good at all in these respects. And besides, as the vulgar saying is, one must creep before one goes. But this is my method. 
i am upon an agreement with this mr barrow who is deemed a very skilful and honest apothecary and one mr simons a surgeon of like character to attend to all such cases and persons as i shall recommend mr barrow to administer physic and cordials as he shall judge proper and even in necessary cases to call in a physician and now and then by looking in upon them one's self or sending a servant to ask questions all is kept right my lady davers observed a bible a common prayer-book and a whole duty of man in each cot in leathern outside cases to keep them clean and a church catechism or two for the children and was pleased to say it was right and her ladyship asked one of the children a pretty girl who learnt her her catechism and she curtsied and looked at me for i do ask the children questions when i come to know how they improve tis as i thought said my lady my sister provides for both parts god bless you my dear said she and tapped my neck my ladies left tokens of their bounty behind them to both families and all the good folks blessed and prayed for us at parting and as we went out my lady davers with a serious air was pleased to say to me take care of your health my dear sister and god give you when it comes a happy hour for how many real mourners would you have if you were to be called early to reap the fruits of your piety god's will must be done my lady said i the same providence that has so wonderfully put it in my power to do a little good will raise up new friends to the honest hearts that rely upon him this i said because some of the good people heard my lady and seemed troubled and began to redouble their prayers for my safety and preservation we walked thence to our coach and stretched a little farther to visit two farmers families about a mile distant from each other one had the mother of the family with two sons just recovering the former from a fever the latter from tertian agues and i asked when they saw mr barrow they told me with great commendations of him that he had but just left them so having congratulated their hopeful way and wished them to take care of themselves and not go too early to business i said i should desire mr barrow to watch over them for fear of a relapse and should hardly see him again for some time and so i slid in a manner not to be observed a couple of guineas into the good woman's hand for i had a hint given me by mrs jervis that their illness had made it low with them we proceeded then to the other farm where the case was a married daughter who had a very dangerous lying in and a wicked husband who had abused her and run away from her but she was mending apace by good comfortable things which from time to time i had caused to be sent her her old father had been a little unkind to her before i took notice of her for she married against his consent and indeed the world went hard with the poor man and he could not do much and besides he had a younger daughter who had lost all her limbs and was forced to be tied in a wicker chair to keep her up in it which having expended much to relieve her was a great pull-back as the good old woman called it and having been a year in arrear to a harsh landlord who finding a good stock upon the ground threatened to distress the poor family and turn them out of all i advanced the money upon the stock 
and the poor man has already paid me half of it for miss i must keep within compass too which was fifty pounds at first and is in a fair way to pay me the other half and make as much more for himself here i found mr barrow and he gave me an account of the success of two other cases i had recommended to him and told me that john smith a poor man who in thatching a barn had tumbled down and broken his leg and bruised himself all over was in a fair way of recovery this poor creature had liked to have perished by the cruelty of the parish officers who would have passed him away to essex where his settlement was though in a burning fever occasioned by his misfortune but hearing of the case i directed mr simons to attend him and to provide for him at my expense and gave my word if he died to bury him i was glad to hear he was in so good a way and told mr barrow i hope to see him and mr simons together at mr b s before i set out for london that we might advise about the cases under their direction and that i might acquit myself of some of my obligations to them you are a good man mr barrow added i god will bless you for your care and kindness to these poor destitute creatures they all praise you and do nothing but talk of your humanity to them oh my good lady said he who can forbear following such an example as you set mr simons can testify as well as i for now and then a case requires us to visit together that we can hardly hear any complaints from our poor patients let em be ever so ill for the praises and blessings they bestow upon you it is good mr b that enables and encourages me to do what i do tell them they must bless god and bless him and pray for me and thank you and mr simons we all join together you know for their good the countess and lady davers asked the poor lying in woman many questions and left with her and for her poor sister a miserable object indeed god be praised that i am not such an one marks of their bounty in gold and looking upon one another and then upon me and lifting up their hands could not say a word till we were in the coach and so we were carried home after we had just looked in upon a country school where i pay for the learning of eight children and here i hope i recite not this with pride though i do with pleasure is a cursory account of my benevolent weekly round as my ladies will call it i know you will not be displeased with it but it will highly delight my worthy parents who in their way do a great deal of discreet good in their neighbourhood for indeed miss a little matter prudently bestowed and on true objects of compassion whose cases are soon at a crisis as are those of most labouring people will go a great way and especially if laid out properly for em according to the exigencies of their respective cases for such poor people who live generally low want very seldom anything but reviving cordials at first and good wholesome kitchen physic afterwards and then the wheels of nature being unclogged new oiled as it were and set right they will go round again with pleasantness and ease for a good while together by virtue of that exercise which their labour gives them while the rich and voluptuous are forced to undergo great fatigues to keep theirs clean and in order End of letter thirty seven part one